What up, everybody, and welcome to the Grub from the Garden podcast, episode seven. My name is Nick Caputo, the creator of the Caputo Method of Holistic Ease. I'm here with Wallace, and we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. This one has been long overdue. Wallace, welcome <laughs> to the show. What's up, bro? Thanks, brother. Yes, thanks, brother. It's been a while. Too long. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Wallace took Breathwork Boot Camp in July. It is currently oh. mid-October. We have not been on a call in a couple months, and we've been trying to get this podcast together for a minute. I've been kind of all over the place. You've been kind of all over the place. Um, yes. Been around doing doing life, experimenting with shit. <laughs> so, uh, yes. yeah. Um, tell us, I mean, we already did a whole podcast about ourselves and where we come from and what our thing is, but uh, fill us in. What, what have you been up to recently? Um, what have you been studying so, what not? Yeah, so <laughs> recently studying a lot on nuclear physics, but um, when I entered Mexico, I was three months in San Cristobal, and then uh, the last month I start learning to do jewelry. So now I'm moving around, flowing with life, exploring temples, learning about ancient civilization, and doing jewelry because it's so fun because it combines metallurgy, chemistry, and uh, geology, because I am learning about uh, rocks. So hmm. it's really passionate. And uh, yeah, it, and it's, it's fun jewelry, because right now, I know all of you cannot see it, but just imagine it. I rent a little Airbnb, and I have all my tools in a little toolbox, and then I can set up my full station and I can make some jewelry. So I can make some jewelry on the go. So it's a really fun way to make arts. I really, really, really like it. Yeah, I've been seeing your stories. You've been posting some cool stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Today just finished like a, the, the, I call it the third eye collection because I have three uh, rings, a mix of 9K gold and a 925 sterling silver with some opals, so um, for sale on the website, if you guys want to go check it out, it's uh, wallaspirit.com. Wallaspirit.com, you heard it here, check it out. Yes, 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 yes. And what about you, since the uh, last breath work? I've been moving around. I went to, I went back to Jersey for a little bit, and then I came out to Hawaii to visit Stephen and Savannah, Tartaria Juice Co. And while I was out here, I just, you know, really felt called to move out here. So I went back to Jersey. Um, I was hosting an event in Jersey, the fearless fasting event. Um, so where I taught a lot about fasting so people can fast without fear. I held that at the end of September in Jersey. And in between there, I went back to the DR and packed up all my stuff. So I'm officially moved out of the DR. Um, I still have a storage unit there with some of my stuff there. Like I have a surfboard okay. there. I have like, you know, my aged P there. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have some things from the house, um, you know, stuff like that. Like for when I, for when I go back. Yeah. I actually have my original, like the first jar of age that I ever started aging no. is in the DR in my storage unit waiting for me to go get it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I left a couple things in the DR. I went back to Jersey and then did I lose you? Oh no, Wallace. No. Okay, oh, now it's working. Yes. Yeah, so uh, so I packed up the DR. I brought all my stuff home to Jersey. I hosted that event. And then I moved out here uh, with Bean and Aubrey. We got this place uh, out here in Kula on Maui. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, just been moving around, just 
doing a bunch of stuff and setting everything up. I just finished today was the last day of Brethrick boot camp for October. Um, and then now move wave starts tomorrow. For those of you who don't know what move wave is move wave is the movement course that uh, me and Steven Bean are collaborating on to teach the movement principles and um, a little bit about breath work and the importance of breath work when it comes to being an athlete and just, you know, biomechanics and all that, you know, the whole nine. Yes, yes, yes. So moving a lot, but what, what made you come back to Hawaii? Because I am, I think you, you lived in Hawaii already. I did a year ago. Honestly, the only reason I left was because I couldn't afford it at the time. Um, Mm. And, you know, I was, that was like kind of before I came out with all the courses, I didn't have a computer out here. I was really just off my phone. So during that time, uh, you know, I needed to go back to Jersey and work on my computer and write the books. Like I've written like over 10 books since then. So I needed to go home and get my computer in my hands. Like I, I was only supposed to come out here for 10 days the first time I came out here. And then with all the COVID nonsense bullshit that happened, I ended up staying for three months. And, you know, the only thing I was doing for money was like quick, like one-on-one breath sessions with people. And I was offering like a nine week breath course for only a hundred bucks. So I wasn't really making money. I was doing the van life, living in a van and just like, you know, getting by. But then eventually I was like, all right, like I need to go home and get my shit together and like get the business popping because I have a lot of ideas that I need to share with the world on a massive scale. So I need to get that yeah. going. You made it happen. I did. Sure did. Yes. Yes, man. All the books and everything. It's really well done, brother. Yeah. And I mean, the DR was a perfect stepping stone for me. Like I definitely love it. I'll definitely buy land there at some point and have like my own place there at some point. Um, but I'm grateful for, you know, what I was able to do as far as growth and like personal and business growth during that time, for sure. Wow. 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 Good stuff, man. I I saw, I saw the, I saw the hair, uh, change a lot also. Yeah. The the free form dreads are really coming through. Yes, man. I like it so much. I haven't brushed my hair in a year. Maybe this is something I need to stop doing. I brush my hair every day. Like, uh, I just let it go. Like some of them, like some of these are just curly hairs, but so, like, this is like a solid dread. Like these are yes. like, uh, they're solid dreads, yo. <laughs> they form naturally. Yeah. I didn't twist them or nothing. Like it just all, it just happened on its own. The universe is your hairdresser. Literally. It's like wow. magnet, like, you know, like the, the antennas, like they spiral around each other to make the signal stronger. Ah, uh, uh, you Hair see again, the same, the same uh, movement, right? Wow. Exactly. It just happened on its own, especially like the more that you use the urine in the hair or the uh, ocean water in the hair makes them dread up wow. and just not brushing your hair, obviously. And my hair is already super curly. So like some of them, like you think that they're just curly hair, but they're actually like, there's so much hair curled up in the dreads. It's crazy. Really the antennas curious. are fucking strong. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Feeling everything, yo. <laughs> All right. So you want to go in the subject right now about Egypt, the pyramid? Yeah, we can do that. All right. Let's jump into it because um, like um, like all of the people listening right now, you know, I've been traveling to Guatemala. I visited uh, over 40 temples uh, of the Maya civilization. And when I entered Mexico, now I visited maybe like uh, eight of them. I went to Tonina, 
Palenque, Yachiclan, Bonampak, then I came back up, I went to uh, Pomona, Moral Forma, then I went to Balamku, Calakmul, Ormiguero, Chicana, Ishpuhil, Pekang, and then um, now I'm here in Tulum. So I'm really passionate about ancient civilization, every ancient civilization. Now that I'm in Central America, it's mostly Aztec, Toltecs, uh, the Maya, the Mixtecs, so, and the Incas are closer to Peru. So I'm studying all ancient civilization all the time. And today I'm about to talk to you about the one in Egypt, the Egyptian. So Nick, I know I, we already made a live, I think it was on uh, Instagram. Right? We did, and About I this. was actually in Tulum when we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before I told you all this information, like what did you thought the pyramids of Egypt were used for? I mean, pretty much just like everybody who finds out that they weren't tombs, I thought they were for energy. And you yes. taught me otherwise. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because... We're get online in. yeah we can find so many stuff and it's like um even today it's crazy because the archaeologists with uh thousands of funding they go in there and they like i saw something so funny last week a guy it's he's an architect from france and uh now he go in there he, he tells that the shaft of the great pyramid on the west side and the north side They were for resonance, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, your theory, you, you say it's for sounds or something. Then what? Like, what's the use? And they, they cannot finish their theory. They just have a theory. They shoot something because the sound comes out of the, of the shaft and they think it's for resonance. But they don't look at evidence. And they don't, they are not even able to explain from A to Z and make sense of something and put themselves in the shoes of the Egyptian. So this is what we're about to do right now. Okay, let's do this. Now, story time. Let's get it. <laughs> in Egypt, like uh, here in Mexico, I'm pretty sure in Hawaii, there's uh, two seasons. There's the dry and the wet season. Actually, here During, there's, there's like eight different climates on Maui. <laughs> the oh, okay. So let me take back Hawaii. Different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just use Mexico and Egypt. Anyway, there's many places in the world where there's two seasons. There's dry and wet season. During the DR, dry season. DR, there's two seasons, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. During the dry season in Egypt, back then in ancient ancient egypt people were living life eating and um, just living life uh, learning sharing knowledge but all the food that they were eating they were keeping the the leftovers they were also taking the uh, cow's shit the cow's manure and putting the cow's manure and the food scrap in some big piles And everyone here needs to know that every pyramid back then, now it's really difficult to uh, find evidence, but if you go in Egypt, you will find some evidence for what I'm about to say. Every pyramid had a wall 
surrounding the pyramid, approximately 33 feet high. This was to keep the water around it because now they have, they have the food scrap, they have the cow's manure. The wet season is coming because the astronomers, they knew, oh, okay, we have an equinox, we have a solstice, and then the Nile is about to get uh, flooded. We need to prepare. They were, they were filling the step pyramid with the food scrap and the cow's manure, and then eventually the Nile River will flood. The water will go to the step pyramid, the, this big mix of uh, cow's manure, which has tons of bacteria, and um, to activate the process. And then the food scrap plus the water, they were able to create methane. So, quite so Wallace. Yeah. Would they only use the cow's feces or what would they do with their own sewage? Would they use like human sewage in this as well? Or would this, was this strictly just cows? That would be a, a good question. But like from my understanding of chemistry, we could put it in the same pile. It's just the, the cow's manure has a lot more of um, like a methane. Like it's... Um, okay. You see, you see, like um, you go and do some research on um, CO two, like uh, green gas. The fart of a cow uh, produces so much methane in the atmosphere. Mm, so it's yeah. just like if we look at the ratio, the ratio, maybe it would be so much work to just take all the 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 shit of the human for not a big yield. So, so maybe the they were just more efficient for it. Basically. Yes, exactly. So okay. maybe they were okay. using it. Maybe they were not using it. That information, I don't know exactly. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. So now you know that um, the step pyramid is the first in the whole process of all the pyramids because those pyramids were creating chemicals. They were creating gases or acids. So now I just told you how the step pyramid made it. I won't go into the detail in this podcast of how every component of the chemical reaction happened because this is like a, a full chemistry class but i will go in some go details we got time if you want okay. to just brief, briefly go through it we got nothing but time yeah yeah and if um, people that, that are listening uh, to this uh, podcast have some question you can just reach me um on instagram at wella spirit or even better even better because everything I'm about to say doesn't come from my own research or my own finding. It comes from my brother Jeffrey from Land of Cam. You go on YouTube and you write Land of Cam, and then you will have all the information super, super well explained to you. So, like I said, step one. Uh, now it's rainy season, it's wet season, the Nile flood, the, the water goes to the step pyramid that was filled with the cow's manure and the food scrap. We get methane from the uh, chemical reaction. Then that methane goes into an underground channel because everything you are about to learn today, you need to understand that when we are in Egypt and we look at the pyramid, it's beautiful. We see those pyramids, but they have a, um, a saying that is as above, so below. 
So what you see above is beautiful, but what you see below is as beautiful or even more impressive. So that the channel that are passing under the pyramids, connecting all the pyramids together is as impressive or maybe even more impressive than the pyramids. So the methane goes into an underground channel. It goes to the red pyramid. This so is question, where we are we creating another gas. Um, Go ahead. The step pyramid. Which one yep. is that size-wise on the, you know, on the map? Which one is which one is the step pyramid? For those who don't know. So yeah, so the step pyramid, it's literally like the name uh, tells it. You, if you go at the site, you cannot miss it. It's an architecture that the Maya are using. It's with some step. So now I think there's six steps of that pyramid. But I won't go into the detail. That pyramid had actually three phases. The most ancient Egyptian using that, uh, that technology of methane uh, cultivation was actually one base. And then they had a, a big hole in the middle with a tiny opening with a valve that they can remove and excrete and cultivate methane. Then they did a renovation when they, they needed more methane with a step pyramid of four steps. And then eventually they made that six step pyramid. So there's three construction in total, two under the, the, the one that is existing right now. <clears throat> Okay, good answer. <laughs> and, okay, and then the methane goes on uh, on underground channel, goes to the red pyramid. Uh, the conversion of methane in the steam reform, so the water plus methane, this will produce carbon monoxide plus hydrogen. Then mixing, compressing, eating those with air what we call air today, which is a, a lot of uh, nitrogen and oxygen. This will produce hydrogen, nitrogen, water, and carbon dioxide. That carbon dioxide and water dissolve in water. So it's like a, the waste product that we call in chemistry, but it's not really a waste product. Like in nuclear physics, they call it uh, waste fuel, but it's just a term. I hate that word waste because it's not yeah. waste. You can use it in a different way. And they were actually using it for other purpose. But here, let's just say it's the waste product. So then the nitrogen and the uh, hydrogen move along in the last synthesis. So it's the, the other chamber, then mixing, compressing and eating those you get ammonia. So the red pyramid create ammonia. And because ammonia is just a gas and it's not possible to um, store it, it's not possible to transport it, it's not possible to sell it or trade it, or maybe I say it's not possible, but I should say it's really difficult and uh, we can make it a lot easier. They decided to change that ammonia into a solid substance. So the ammonia that was produced in the red pyramid, again, go into a underground channel to the band pyramid. So now we have step pyramid number one, red pyramid number two, and band pyramid number three. The band pyramid, it's the one that goes like a, like a perfect pyramid, but then it tilts a little bit going uh, closer to the top. So it has two angles. 
So the bent pyramid will create ammonium bicarbonate. But let me tell you how they create ammonium bicarbonate. First reaction is in the upper system. The satellite pyramid, which is on the side of the bent pyramid, has a hydraulic press. They open it. They, when they open that hydraulic press, it closes the eastern stone valve and it seals the upper primary reaction chamber. Two, the liquid ammonia solution arrived by underground shaft from the red pyramid because ammonia needs to be collected right away because it prevents the reverse reaction of ammonia breaking back into hydrogen and nitrogen. Ammonia is highly soluble. So the ammonia from the red pyramid was actually in water. So the liquid ammonia solution arrived by underground shaft from the red pyramid. Another shaft transport the carbon dioxide solution, which was our waste product. And then this other shaft passed into a gas extraction facility before arriving to dissolve the gas. Goes in the bottom of the primary chamber through the ammonia solution. Then the reaction of ammonia and carbon dioxide, we have ammonium bicarbonate. Then there's another process completely um, like uh, to restart the, the full process, the full chemical reaction in the bent pyramid, but I won't go into those details because it's, it's, not, it's not really useful for the purpose of this. It's just closing some valves, opening some valves, some water comes in, flush everything, clean everything, and now we're ready for another, another batch actually. So where are we going next after the Bent Pyramid? We are going into the Great Pyramid. So now we have Step Pyramid, we create methane. Red Pyramid, we create ammonia. Ammonia is a gas, cannot be transported, sell or stored. So it goes into the Bent Pyramid where we create ammonium bicarbonate which is like a yellow slurry. When we dry it in the sun, it becomes stiff, it becomes solid. So now it's easy to store, to transport, to sell, to trade. And remember that ammonia, <clears throat> oh, Wallace, we lost you. I hope he realizes. You use this, Okay, and wait, you Wallace, I got to cut you off. We lost you for a minute. Uh -huh. said, Where? Remember that ammonia. You said um, okay. you know, they create the ammonia into uh, ammonium bicarbonate, and that's like the yellow solid that can be traded or sold or stored. Yes. Um, and then you said, remember that ammonia, and then you cut off. <laughs> All right, so remember that ammonia and ammonia bicarbonate has tons of nitrogen inside. So if you are in the desert and you want to cultivate uh, some fruits, some vegetables, you want to have some food for your civilization, then you would use this, put this in the ground, and eventually you are able to cultivate tons of food for your civilization. But they were probably using this for many other purposes, like uh, all those gases, those byproducts, they have thousands of utility that you can do with them. So now we have the ammonium bicarbonate, like Nick Good just question, said. Wallace, before we move yeah. on, before, um, other than 
other than cultivating food, what are some other uses for it, for the ammonium bicarbonate? For ammonium bicarbonate, um, ammonium bicarbonate, what else? It's, it's really good to, um, to do some more chemical reactions. So it's like, um, it's not a neutralizer, but you can use it to, um, to do some acids like you'll see after in the Great Pyramids. And then I will need to go more into research with the ammonium bicarbonate to know like what do they do with it, but like in ancient times, like what would be yeah. the- What did they the actually do with it? Yeah, because today you can do many stuff with it, but I'm not sure it's something you would do in ancient times. Okay. So I'll, I'll get back to you with this because I'm interested also, but I need to do more research. Cool. Then this ammonium bicarbonate goes into an underground channel in the Great Pyramid, to the Great Pyramid. Dun, 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 dun. Now switching page. We are now arriving at the Giza Plateau in the Great Pyramid, the pyramid that everyone knows, everyone talks about, and the mainstream tells us this is a device for energy because they they put a uh, thermal camera on it and then you can see like the peak it's a really high energy and it's like it's like a tesla tower and but no it is not <laughs> when you do some study with energy you understand immediately, immediately that it doesn't make sense because if you look at the architectural composition inside the pyramid, nothing is aligned. If I make a technology of energy, I will, first of all, use some conductive material. Second of all, I will align everything perfectly because energy love a short distance, love a short path, love the fastest path. And then, uh, I will do something underground to go and tap into the some water veins, or there will be something else for energy, but it's definitely not energy because nothing tells us it's about energy. It's just when you don't analyze the architectural composition, when you believe the channel on YouTube called After School, or when you think, uh, oh, the mainstream is right, or when you just don't do some more research uh, on it, that happened. You, you, someone told you it's about energy. You think it's about energy, makes sense, nah, 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 and then you close the book. But yeah, now I'm about to- time I learned you. about it. I learned about it from a page on YouTube called Universe Inside You. And they had some yeah. like incredible like illustration, like video illustration to like draw it all out and it looked so legit. And I was like, wow, this is it. <laughs> 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 that's why i say the channel after school man i saw for me yeah, it was there. That. yeah so those channel i i've learned something like i think it was almost uh tartarian uh, co also helped me uh, to see this like when we say hollywood is uh is them they, they they control every information they are on youtube also so all the big 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 ass channels on youtube with the beautiful explanation, with the big ass budget, this is Hollywood also. Like, uh, where does this come from? So, 
Steve Steve's on the other side of the room right now giving me nods like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's like uh, – And I've learned it the, the hard way. Now I do my research on YouTube completely different. I love the tiny channels. Um, I love when it's like sketchy, when they don't have any budget. As soon as there's a, a big budget, I'm like, whew, that's, that's sketchy. That's uh, like you're a YouTuber and then you, you can like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So now we, had the, we are at the Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid received the ammonium bicarbonate that was created in the Bent Pyramid. And now the structure of the Great Pyramid is uh, quite complex, but you guys will uh, probably know the terms I, I'm about to use. So I'll tell you how sulfur dioxide is, transfer, is transformed to sulfuric acid from sulfurous acid. And then eventually that acid goes into the central pyramid and it creates hydrochloric acid. But now let's start with the whole process. Don't, don't go too fast, Wallace. Okay. So no, number one, number one in the Great Pyramid. In the subterranean chamber, uh, it gets filled with water. Plus the north descending shaft is closed. A lock system on the east side is open, equals more water inside. Then push water into the well shaft, one-way valve, and because there's a one-way valve, there's no backflow. Four, there's a stone block that is inserted in the north shaft that forces the water into the upper chamber. Then five, The middle, that's how they, they call it, or no, the, the extraction, yeah, okay, the extraction chamber plus the inclined vault or the contact process chamber is filled with water with the subterranean pump. The sulfur furnace is activated. So you know that the chamber that the, the mainstream call the King's Chamber today? Yeah. This is actually a furnace. So it, <laughs> it's really funny that you call this like a king's chamber because no one was living there. No one was buried there. It's a furnace. The, it's five step of granite and it gets to really, really high temperature. And this is where molten sulfur was pumped into that furnace and a stone sealed the furnace. That goes to really high temperature In the south shaft, from the exterior to the furnace, they put methane. Methane that was created in the first step pyramid. And then water is lowered in the contact process chamber or the inclined vault, depending on what name you, you agreed upon. And that equals oxygen or what they call air to be dragged in the furnace. What happened when you drag air into something that has like a fire and a high heat? It gets even hotter and hotter. And then the reaction is sulfur dioxide. 10. A stone block is inserted in the north plus south shaft. This will push the sulfur oxide in the ant chamber. Then back in the contact process chamber where water is inserted, Sulfur dioxide is uh, dissolved in water 
this, when you dissolve sulfur dioxide in water, it gives you sulfurous, 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 sulfurous acid. And because that sulfurous acid is unstable, it will transform immediately to sulfuric acid. So there you go, guys. You know that the Great Pyramid actually create sulfuric acid. What can you do with sulfuric acid? Tons of stuff. Um, it's, not, it's not the strongest acid. You cannot uh, use it for metallurgy yet, but this is where we are going because the ancient Egyptian, like many ancient civilization, were really, really, really um, passionate by gold. Gold for them was a metal of energy, of protection, something like the alchemist, the best alchemist will make the best gold because he's able to purify his blood. He's able to understand that the outside and the inside is the same. So he will be able to be the best chemist or the best metallurgist if he's able to be the best inside of him. So now the sulfuric acid from the Great Pyramid goes into an underground channel going to the central pyramid. And now step by step again, number one, the hydraulic press is activated. That closes stone valve and prevent water. So number two, the primary reaction chamber is filled with saturated sodium chloride. Number three, water is allowed to evaporate, leaving deposit of solid sodium chloride. So you just remove the water from the saturated sodium chloride. So furic acid is then introduced in the central in the central pyramid. The reaction of uh, solid sodium chloride and sulfuric acid is sodium bisulfate plus hydrogen chloride gas. Now, number five, hydrogen chloride is more dense than air, so it flows out into extraction chamber. Six, a hydraulic press is deactivated. This equal that the hydrogen gas is now dissolved in water because water can come in. Seven, when completely dissolved, we have hydrochloric acid. So you just have to um, use hydrochloric acid now and you can purify your gold to the highest standard to remove all the impurities in the gold. And now there's two more steps. There's step eight, a valve in the extraction chamber is open. The water can come in, flush the chamber, and now nine acid and sodium bisulfate is collected. So the, the same, the same uh, process is uh, used at the end of every chemical reaction in every pyramid is just letting water come in, flush everything and be ready for the next reaction. Because like I said, every pyramid had a wall, a 33 feet wall around them, keeping water over there because this is how they were activated. So now you have it, you have the 
function of the pyramids of Egypt, the step pyramid produced methane, the red pyramid produced ammonia, the bent pyramid produced ammonium bicarbonate, the great pyramid produced sulfuric acid, and the central pyramid produced hydrochloric acid. Ta -da -da. There it is, wow. people. Wow, wow, wow. So beautiful. So let's talk about the first thing that comes to my mind. Why? Yes. Yes, it's a really good question. And actually, like, um, the question is in my mind also. I, sh I should be the one going, like, right now, I'm uh, super focused on nuclear physics, but I should be the one going, like, why methane, why ammonia, why sulfuric acid, why hydrochloric acid? My first thought is, okay, you and me, Nick, eventually there's this world collapsing in the cities everywhere and people want to live in love and we decide to build a civilization. And not everyone in the civilization will be a breatharian. A lot of people still want to eat a lot of people still want to uh, cook. A lot of people still want to drink their coffee, all those stuff. But we can make that uh, in nature. So let's say we have a big reserve of methane and we are able to make little channel to go to every uh, home. Then everyone can have a stove. It's the same thing as the stove that we are using with propane, but we can use methane. So methane could be used for a stove and many other applications. Then ammonia and ammonium bicarbonate, uh, really good for cultivation of food. Then sulfuric acid, all the chemists uh, in our civilization would love to use this for sulfuric acid. We use it a lot when we do jewelry actually. And uh, to oxidize silver or um, to actually, it's called pickle, pickle your, um, your jewelry after you do a soldering. And hydrochloric acid is so strong that you can purify your gold. So if you find some gold nuggets and uh, or some gold ore and you want to remove the impurities, you dip it in hydrochloric acid and only gold will be left. Hmm. All right, let's dive into something. Um, gold and its significance. Um, yes. I wanna, I'm curious what you've heard about, you know, throughout history, the significance of gold and gold mines being all over the world and being suppressed and hidden all over the world. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so let's say now I'm doing jewelry and I've learned a little bit on the metals. I've made some bracelet from copper. Copper is super conductive of energy, but it oxidizes quick like i just polished my bracelet and probably like uh, in a week it will be completely oxidized. yep and um then silver it's it's a little bit better it's a little bit um uh less easy to oxidize it takes a, a lot longer to oxidize it's conductive also but eventually it will oxidize now what is so bad about oxidizing um, it changed the property of the metals. So let's say, um, let's say for copper, um, 
when it when it's oxidized, it's not as conductive as it was when it was uh, super pure. And I'm also thinking like um, it, it brings back the question, not the question, but the um, the knowledge of like the best chemist. Let's say you you clean your blood. You don't want to have a type of blood that you clean your blood because you do your fasting, you do all your enemas, the urine therapy, and uh, and you have a type of blood that will just um, oxidize. Like you don't want that. You want the best blood. You want a blood that will you can clean it. Work really hard to clean it, but then it's done. You clean it forever. Yeah. So gold is that. Gold is you will work really hard. Like, look, all those pyramids, Not it's not just for hydrochloric acid at the end. That's just one of the products. But still, they made hydrochloric acid. And when you do a little bit of research in metallurgy or chemistry, um, you know that the people, they use it to purify gold. So uh, gold for them must have been really, really fucking important if they were doing this. Like <laughs> all this building all these pyramids to make this. Yeah. <laughs> like people I mean, uh, gold for a lot of things, did they not? Yeah, yeah. I think I think um like um they were not using it a lot for technology, but again, it depends what are what is the definition of technology because I think we are the, the best technology and the but because they were putting it a lot on their body. So the people with gold was a higher prestige and then the people with copper were more like uh, the people of the civilization so it was like almost uh, rankings or i don't know i don't like that words because it has a bad connotation in our in our western world today like year the word hierarchy it, it's so hierarchy yeah hierarchy it's not well seen in our world today but when you go deep and look at where, like uh, in India, for example, I don't know if you saw my story the other day, I, because I uh, researched a little bit on Sanskrit and India, mm-hmm. the uh, hierarchy in India back then in ancient India was three level. You meet someone with less knowledge and less love than you, you give some. You meet someone with the same level of knowledge and love, you become friend. You meet someone with more knowledge and more love than you, you ask questions. Mm. It, it was This was the only way it was working. So let's say I meet you, I know you have more knowledge than me in health, then I don't just uh, start and say blah, blah, blah. No, I shut up, I listen, I ask questions. I thank you for your time. And if you want to give me some knowledge, I appreciate if you are going on your meditation, I need to respect that also. So it's like, um, we, we see words differently today. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing right here. I don't know shit about the pyramid. So I'm here listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, gold is really impressive. Nice. Yes. So yeah, I mean, is there any any other way you want to dive into this topic or any other tangent you want to go off of? Anything else you want to include that anyone listening would be interested in learning? Yes, yes, yes. Um, now we we saw the pyramids of Egypt. 
and uh, it's really really interesting like um because i would just go back a year ago and i was thinking like oh all the pyramids around the world um similar shape they go high in the sky uh, they are from the ancient world they must have the same purpose the same function but now uh, more knowledge is gained into my mind and um I can analyze from a perspective of architecture, which is a, what I studied for four years, and now chemistry a little bit, and uh, metallurgy a lot on energy because that I, I was building technologies in Canada, and uh, now nuclear physics. So the more knowledge that enter my soul, I can understand that every pyramid of every ancient civilization they didn't have the same purpose. Like, for example, now I've visited over, over 40, over 50 temples in uh, Central America of the Maya civilization. And I don't see any, not function, it's not the right word, but, um, because they have a function, but nothing like uh, creation. For here in um, Mexico or Guatemala, it was for ceremonial purposes. It was for astronomy because the, the way they were um, uh, oriented with the northeast, uh, uh, north, south, and um, also for tombs because we must not forget that it's not because the pyramids of Egypt create chemicals that maybe one of them didn't do something with energy or maybe one of them have some uh, tombs or uh, bodies uh, buried under because just go logically we build this gigantic civilization we are all working together to build those incredible pyramids and then that one guy or that one girl who started all of this a crazy project who had that that idea and share the knowledge die where are you going to bury her or him probably in his creation like it just makes sense so so sometimes like right now i i know that they create chemicals gases and acids but i'm still open if we find more evidence more logical explanation that maybe they they are also uh, able to be a, I don't know, like a receiving tower, because that wouldn't need a tons of, um, of uh, conductive materials. It could be only on the edge or only on the top just to, to pass the, the, the energy around. And then there's maybe one in the whole site that is really like, uh, the, the producing tower or the, yeah, the, the magnifying uh, tower. So that's, that's something possible. But what I wanted to say is now I see the Maya, they had knowledge, different knowledge, but I see almost some level of knowledge because the Maya, the composition of the pyramids, it, it's like the way they build it, it's with simple rocks. It's not really difficult. It's uh, the Incas, that's, that's, another, that's another subject though, like Olaita Tambo and Machu Picchu in, in Peru. That's some masonry of another level, like, uh, 
how they did this, I'm still I'm still asking this question to the universe. So maybe eventually I'll get it. I need to do some experiment actually. I, I can't wait to settle somewhere and do some experiment. But then what I want to say is the Maya, the Egyptian, the Hindus, uh, the Roman, name it, the Incas, they all have their own knowledge. You can tell it was high knowledge. They were really connected with the source and with nature. But I still feel like closer to India, uh, Cambodia, Thailand, it feels like the knowledge is even higher. Because when I look at those temples, I really see energy and resonance because now everything is aligned. Now everything is pointy. Now they use conductive materials. So I need to get more research on those. I can't wait. Eventually I will visit them. And uh, the ancient world is the future world also. Wow. Interesting stuff, my dude. <laughs> I think so too. Yes. Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. This was dope. I, uh, I'm looking forward to checking out the notes. So anybody who wants to yes. see Wallace's notes, feel free to send him a message. I know he said that before. I'm just going to reiterate that. If anybody wants to see the actual notes of the specific chemistry and the reactions of how the pyramids uh, in Egypt did um, create all this, you can just send him a DM on Instagram, right? Your Instagram, yes. Wallace Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Instagram is Wallace Spirit. YouTube is Wallace Spirit. And website is wallacespirit.com. Perfect. And remember, guys, all, everything that I've said about the Egyptian pyramid, it's not my research. It's not my finding. Big shout out to Land of Chem. Land of Chem is my brother, Jeffrey. And he just came back a week ago uh, from his third visit in Egypt. This guy made a theory before going over there for the, for the first time in 2017, I think. He started to learn chemistry a lot before going over there because he had that theory. And when he got there, he found tons of evidence. And now it's really easy to see that it's maybe we can say we can use the word theory again. But to me, when you analyze and you see, it looks a lot more like a reality because let's say uh, I think it's the, um, the Red Pyramid. When you do chemistry in a lab today, you use an apparatus that is th uh, three uh, container. Two are next, uh, next to each other. And then you have a third one that is a little bit higher on an angle. And it's like it fits on a table. It's really small. And then you will be able to um, uh, cultivate or uh, get ammonia. And now you look in the red pyramid, from that place of knowledge and you see the chambers are arranged the architectural composition inside is arranged exactly the same and then the the dynamic flow of gases when you go inside those chambers you see the hole that the the shaft that goes from one chamber to the other and when the gas enters a chamber from only one spot, the gas doesn't just go in and then go everywhere. It goes up 
because it's lighter than air. So when you look on the wall, you see the curvature and you see the direction of the gas that was going into the chamber. So it's like there's mm. so many evidence and everything is on the channel of Land of Chem on YouTube. And uh, Jeffrey explained it so, so, so well. And this guy, he, he has lots of knowledge. So it's really, really fun to listen to him. Yeah. Thank yes. you for coming on here. I'm excited. I still have to check it out. So I don't really have too much to add. I still have to check out Land of Chem on YouTube. I've, I subscribe to him, but I haven't yes. had a chance to watch any of the videos. As you know, I've been all over the place. So yes, I'm still, yes. still going to dive into that. It's still on my to-do list for sure. Yes, you'll be settled real soon and you can go uh, and look all the videos. Yeah, we might have to do a round two, a part two to this episode at some point. Once <laughs> yeah, I, we, I watch. Yeah, maybe like we, we said at the beginning, like maybe we do uh, one uh, with uh, Arturian Co. and we talk about everything about the ancient world. Yeah, that one's definitely going to happen. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Steven's not in his head. It's happening. <laughs> Yes, yes, I would be. And I, I will go and do some more research about those uh, cathedral, basilica, and what we call basilica, cathedral, churches, mosques, because now whew, I, I received that message today, like maybe they are nuclear reactor because they, they use a lot of dome and dome are over every nuclear reactor today. There's not one nuclear reactor that doesn't have a dome over the, the core. So why? Why are we using domes then? Anyway, something uh, to research. For more research. <laughs> Grateful to still have more things to be researching. Once we figure it oh, out, yeah. no fun in figuring it out. Oh, man. Okay. I need to tell you something. Uh, Two days before, like uh, I think you saw, I uh, connected with Ayahuasca. And uh, when I was uh, with Ayahuasca, I was like, why am I researching? I know all this stuff already. Like, it's it's me. Like, I'm, I'm just researching myself. Like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, I'm researching inside of me to get the knowledge I already have. But it feels like I'm not empty enough to, to, to go get it. So I look outside. So anyway, I just wanted to share this. Hmm. And I mean, everything, at least literally everything has gone through the same kind of test for me, that everything external is a reflection of man. Everything that we've created is a reflection of ourselves. So I wonder if there are mechanisms inside the body in which uh, this, these types of reactions are actually occurring, where, where we got the idea for all this, mm. where, the, where the Egyptians got the idea for all this. Where are they? oh my god I, I think uh, maybe it was even you saying that I think uh, a couple months ago or maybe it was uh, Taylor Bud like uh, the car was created from the human body or like uh, yeah something like yeah I, it's from Brother Bootcamp we go over that you know how you're designed for liquid yes, yes, and yes. air just like a car you know the combustion system yes. the same way how you know you you take on liquid your body turns it into a gas and that's how you know that's what you use for fuel. So it's like the same yeah. time, like when you eat food, you're converting that, that food into breath. And that's why, you know, you would never put chunky gas in your car, or chunky oil in your car. You put <laughs> in your car. It's like half food when you don't chew your food all the way and you swallow it. It's like your body has to, you know, your stomach has to chew it. And your stomach doesn't have teeth. Yes. So that conversion, you know, it's inefficient. 
that's well said. Hmm. Yeah, I, I never put some chunky gasoline in my car. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> Not even in this one. Not even in my. Oh no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, man! Thank you for the chance to share this knowledge. I hope the people listening to this ask questions and go deeper into research because I know it's compressed. I know it's a lot of terms. I know it's like uh, maybe hard to follow without any images, but trust me, just go on the channel Land of Cam on YouTube and he has images, he has videos, he explained perfectly. And now you know the truth about the pyramids of Egypt. You have it here. Thank you, Wiles, for your time. Appreciate you for coming on here. Everybody, this is the Grub from the Garden podcast. And this episode is sponsored by Got Piss, my clothing brand for promoting the ancient practice of Shivambu, otherwise known as urine therapy, one of the most powerful healing modalities to ever be used throughout human history. It has been practiced for thousands of years all over the world, including in ancient Egypt. The biggest issue for those that actively practice UT today is that urine is considered to be waste by modern society, making the practice extremely taboo. In order to avoid heavy judgment, most people who practice urine therapy do so in private. They hesitate to share this profound knowledge with the world in fear of being considered crazy. So me and my company, The Caputo Method of Holistic Ease, is here to bring ease to those who practice urine therapy. A huge community of urine therapy practicers have come together over my Instagram platform uh, on my account, Grub from the Garden at G-R-U-B from the Garden. The best grub in the garden is the air. And one of my goals is to transform, transform the way the human population sees urine. So if you check out my YouTube, there is a video on how urine is not waste. And for those who feel ready to embrace their Shivambu practice publicly, I am excited to announce the Caputo method of rehydration got piss clothing line. Now there are sweatshirts, bucket hats, baseball hats, t-shirts, you know, everything that you could possibly want to wear to, you know, be proud of this practice that you are the medicine and there is nothing that you could possibly need to heal that lies outside of you. So that is the sponsor for this episode. Check it out. The CaputoMethod.com. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Wow. Love. It's your boy, Nick Caputo. Peace. Peace.